the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hello, family. Ron Geyer with End Time Insights. Christmas is coming. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is also coming. Are you ready? As the ad on our show at the beginning at the promo says, you must be ready. Hallelujah. In that vein, matter of fact, you know, we're talking about the kingdom of heaven, which is the millennial reign of Christ, the actual rule and reign of Christ with his saints on the earth for a thousand years after the tribulation. And I keep on threatening to get us into the millennial reign. I want to show you the job of the church. Basically, we're going to be shepherds, but we're not there yet. We could be there. We're supposed to be there. But something else came on my heart this week. And so I know I keep trying to get the church some teaching on what life in the millennium is going to look like. But every time I get set to go there, something else pops up and I just feel like it's appropriate. And we're still here on this earth. And so I want to talk about that. I kind of feel, I'm going to blame God, I kind of feel the Lord is leading me. So he just says, like, not quite yet for the millennial teaching run. I says, okay, Lord. So here we are again at the door of the millennial reign of Christ. We talked about the judgment of the nations at the end of the tribulation. We talked about who's going in and who's not going in, where those will be going. They'll be going into the lake of fire. They will not be going past go. They will not collect $200. They miss hell. They go straight into the lake of fire. That's terrible. So maybe that's why God has me talking still, because it's important. These people, they're not there yet. Many of them are probably alive even now as we speak, and we need to do a great job of letting them know about the return of Christ, letting them know that they must be born again, letting them know that God loves them. He has already paid the penalty for their sin. They do not have to be held captive by Satan and his demons. They can live life freely in the knowledge of the Lord, but they must repent of their sin, accept Christ Uh, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and start living for Christ. Hallelujah. So we're going to keep talking. I wanted to talk today. I'm studying Matthew for our Bible study. I'm having a good time there. And I'm going to go verse by verse. But uh, I was looking at Matthew, Matthew 24. Great, 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 great chapter. You know, we talked about all this other stuff at the end of the tribulation. And I kind of wanted to set the table for what the return of Christ, what the environment on the earth is going to look like when Christ returns. So I've got a desire to learn more about Matthew 24. And the verses that keep grabbing my attention right now are verses 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, and 42. So I think that perhaps there are some warnings in there that the Lord would have us look at. So let's take a look now. Lord God, I want to honor you. I want to obey you. 
I want to bless your people with the truth, Father God. I know truth is such a rarity out there. I was listening to somebody preach yesterday. Actually, I was listening to two somebodies. And Lord have mercy. One of them, they were talking about Balaam. I know I'm drifting. One of them, they were talking about Balaam. And it's when Balaam tricked the the men of Israel and he got the temple prostitutes from Baal Peor, the Midianite woman, to come in and seduce the men who were working in the field. And God, the Bible says, great, fierce anger came upon the Lord and he killed 24,000 of them. And I heard this preacher talk about them. And, you know, this preacher, he won't talk about God in reality. How shall I say? He's user-friendly at the expense of Bible truth. And so all he said was that it displeased God. I go, wow. You know, saying that what these people did displeased God, when in reality, the Bible says he had fierce anger and he slew 24,000 of them. He hung their leaders up and put them in view of the Israelites so that they could be reminded of what the sin or immorality would get them. And that just shows you what's going on today. That is classified by this one preacher as displeasing God. We have got to understand what's going on. We have to be aware. Anyway, I drifted. Matthew 24, verses 37 through 42. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and they were drinking, they were marrying and they were giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you know not at what hour your Lord cometh. Thank you, Father, for your word. Open our eyes that we would behold wondrous things out of your word. Open our ears, Father God. May we receive the revelation truth that the Holy Spirit wishes to impart to us. As we listen to this teaching in Jesus' name, amen. Personally, I find it intensely, the word would be what? Intensely ominous for mankind that when Jesus talks about his return, the one Bible story that he chooses to reference is that one which tells of when God causes the near extinction of the human race. Jesus is trying to tell us when he's coming back and what's going on. And so what he does is he references the fact that the human race is about to be wiped out. That's heavy duty. The only people that weren't were the eight people that uh, Noah brought with him. That's not a story worthy of constant repetition in our preaching. You know, is our world not currently heading there? I was thinking about this this morning. You know, my wife keeps me abreast of the news. I don't watch it anymore. I just get so grieved. I, I can't be distracted. I'm focusing on the Bible. And yet she gives me all the information. And you should see some of these demons that we have heading up our government. There are men there in dresses. There's guys, there are young men in in skirts. And, and these are, I mean, we've got these transvestites at the head of government, powerful government positions. The world has got to be mocking us. The world has got to be laughing at us. I wonder, the Bible says God will mock them. He will hold them in derision. This is what's going on in our nation, and God can't bless that. God can't confirm any of that. But these are the people, get ready, we have chosen to lead us. What is wrong with us? We elect these people that appoint these people. Sorry, guys, we are in a whole 
hell of a lot of trouble. And it's right around the corner. And yes, Jesus is coming back. So once again, Jesus says sin is about to destroy the human race to the point of extinction. When I come back, that's what it's going to look like. And God's chosen people of warning. What are we doing? We are busy getting rich. We are worried about offending anyone. We are going on with life as if nothing is wrong. We are hiding from the spiritual needs of this world, and we are joining the carnal in their pursuit of fulfilling materialistic lusts. We have all but abandoned holiness and the proclamation of the gospel of truth. We are celebrating our carnality just as the world does, totally oblivious to the fact that we are reliving the example of the people of Noah's day. Jesus says that is going to be the environment in which I return. And, you know, there are people, well, let me stay on scripture and just explain it to you. We have literally recreated the exact same environment of Noah's day by our behavior. From the immorality and the sexual depravity to the fearful submission to the demon spirits that rule this world at Satan's behest. We are woke to the carnality of our culture and dead asleep to the spiritual call of Christ. I'm talking about the church. This is not the environment for divine revival. It's the environment for divine wrath. And it will happen just as it happened in Noah's day. Lord, please have mercy on your church, O God. Verse 38. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark commentator, I think his name is Vince Havner, says this, of the activities mentioned here, what were the activities? The activities were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Of the activities mentioned here, not one is evil in itself, but when practiced without God, all are worldly. This generation is utterly oblivious to the word and the will of God. Most people don't know that Jesus may come at any time, and many people wouldn't care if they did know. Preachers used to preach about selected sins such as abortion and divorce and call them worldly, but those sins were only marks of the lifestyle of the times. Worse than certain popular sins is the awful ignorance of a generation that knows not the thing most worth knowing, Christ. Break into a conversation today and ask people if they are expecting Jesus to come back. That will bring a look that takes you for a nut. Indeed, most church members go strangely silent and change the subject when talking about the return of Christ. William Barclay has some interesting comments on this also. Matthew 24, 37 through 39 tells us that the time will come with shattering suddenness on those who are immersed in material things. In the old story, Noah prepared himself in the calm weather for the flood, which was yet to come. And when it came, he was ready. But the rest of mankind were lost in their eating and drinking and marrying and given in marriage and were caught completely unawares and were therefore swept away. These verses are a warning never to become so immersed in time that we forget about eternity, never to let our concern with worldly affairs, however necessary, completely distract us from remembering that there is a God that the issues of life and death are in his hands, and that whenever his call comes at morning, at midday, or at evening, it must find us ready. This infatuation with the world, this is me now, this infatuation with the world and its desires and lust and carnal attraction, it continues unabated right up until the time when Noah entered the ark. God removed his children, all eight of them, from the judgment and the wrath that was about to come. If the coming of Christ is to be in similar fashion, and we know it is, 
to a world that's the evil equivalent of the world that Noah lived in, then we can expect or at least hope that God will remove his children first before the final judgment and wrath overtakes those who remain. I'm talking about the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. Criswell says, Noah's day was characterized by preoccupation with trivial matters and neglect of spiritual concerns. Oblivious to the judgment of God, the inhabitants of the earth were caught unprepared by the flood. Such a state of unpreparedness will exist when Jesus returns. Can you understand that? You know, and put the two things together. He's talking about the, uh, as in the days of Noah, so also will the return of Christ be. The days of Noah, you know, it was depravity at its worst. You know, the Jewish writings describe much worse than the Bible describes the lifestyle of those uh, who were inhabiting the earth who were taken away by the flood. It was a terrible time of immorality, sexual perversion, pride, murder, all sorts of strange stuff going on. It was a land that was ruled by demons. We are fast approaching that dynamic, and it's no accident that Jesus talks about the fact, when I come back, the earth is going to be in the same shape. Well, what do you mean, Lord? I mean man is going to be near the point of extinction through the sin in his life, and we don't get that. That's heavy-duty news. We don't talk about that. It's unpleasant, but it's true. Verse 39, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. It took all the evil away. Noah escaped on the ark before the flood came or as it was coming, but they did not know, the rest of mankind did not know until the flood came what exactly was happening. Well, Jesus said, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. You got to check this dynamic out. I mean, it's important you understand the specifics of what he's talking about. He's saying because sin was depraved, because man was about to cause himself to be extinct through their murders and their indulgence in sin and sexually depraved lifestyles, their mindless preoccupation with satisfying their carnal lust, because of that, that's the environment into which Christ will return. And he does it not only to judge the wicked and save the church, he takes the church out, thank you, Jesus, but then he judges the wicked And it's good that he does it because that should be the basis for what we're talking about in our sermons. The church has been placed here to prevent exactly that from happening. What? The world being destroyed by the wrath of God because of man's sin. The church has been placed here to prevent exactly that from happening. Check this out. And knew not until the flood came. Knew not should not be happening when Jesus Christ returns. Not knowing should not occur. Noah, who was representative of the church, remember he was a preacher of righteousness. He convicted the unbelieving people of his day of their unbelief by his mere actions, telling them that they were in trouble. Our actions should be doing the same thing. Everyone in my circle most definitely will not be guilty of not knowing. Not knowing what? Not knowing about the return of Christ. If you're a friend of mine, if you listen to the radio show, if you come to our Bible study, if you visit my Facebook page, you know that Christ is returning soon. You will not be amongst the group that knew not. You will be amongst the group that knows the return of Christ is imminent. It should be the same way in your sphere of influence, saints. You've got to be letting your friends know. They may run away from me. They may tell me to shut up. They may tell me I'm crazy, as I'm sure they told Noah. But I will be relentless in telling everyone about the Lord's return. Notice, they knew not until. 
that tells us that eventually they did know. And what they knew was that what Noah was telling them was true. Problem was, they knew it too late. You cannot be one of those that doesn't know this until it's too late. I'll tell you, you've got now until the rapture of the church will come at any day. It could come before I get off the radio. <laughs> Hallelujah. I prefer to be with my wife when it happens, but we can deal with that just so long as we go. Praise the Lord. But notice, they knew not until the flood came. You have until the rapture to get right with God, and then you will have another seven years during the tribulation. Remember, we spoke about this when we talked about the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God comes after grace ends. Remember, you've got the the grace age. Included in the grace age is the age of the church and the seven-year tribulation that testifies of the goodness of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, that he includes the seven-year tribulation where the offer of salvation is still open to mankind. But at the end of the tribulation, at the judgment of nations, that ends and it's too late to get saved. You must make that decision today. Now is the day of salvation. Notice they knew not until. Eventually they did know it was too late. I understand. I can't help the unbelief of the people that don't believe. I just have to tell them. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict them and to draw them into the kingdom. My job is to tell them, and I do that. We don't have to build a boat. We just have to tell them there is an ark of safety that's already been prepared for them. Its name is Jesus, and he has provided a safe haven for them from the soon coming destruction of everyone. Once again, the Bible says it will happen the same way so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. The manner of his coming will be a returning when men are in the midst of the business of living out their simple carnal existence. Let me say it like this. They had Noah, then the people of that day, they had one man and they had a boat, right? We have millions upon millions of men and women throughout the entire planet preaching the gospel. We have TV, we have the internet, we have books, and we have phones, we have mouths, And we also have the Holy Ghost. Once again, we cannot do anything about their unbelief, but we most definitely can do something about their ignorance. But somehow the message has gotten changed. It's gotten lost. Man in his wisdom has changed it. We have edited the gospel message. We have humanized it, the gospel. And in doing so, we have denied his power to save, to heal, and to deliver. The flood took them all away. God removed the wicked from the earth in judgment before bringing back mankind into a new age. So shall also the coming of man be. The coming of Jesus will be. That will happen when Jesus again returns. The wicked will be judged. The wicked will be removed from the earth into eternal judgment and damnation, while the righteous who are still alive in the earth at his return will enter into the next age, the millennial reign of Christ on the earth. You know, and it's also called the great and terrible day of the Lord. And I find this fascinating. Why is it the great and the terrible day of the Lord? That day is not necessarily one day. You know, it could be a period of time. It could be a week. It could be several months. It could be a year. I believe that day is a period of time that includes both the rapture of the church and the seven-year tribulation. That's why it's called the great and terrible day of the Lord. It's great for the church because we're raptured. It's terrible for those who remain because they're about to fall under the wrath of God. You see that? That makes it a great and terrible day. Verse 40, then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other one shall be left. 
understand this is not a scripture about the rapture. I know we've been taught that, but that's not what this says. Remember the context of this narrative. Jewish Jesus is talking to Jewish disciples. He doesn't mention the church at all in Matthew 24 or even Matthew 25 for that matter. He remembers who he is talking to, as should we. When Jesus returns to the earth, the wicked will be removed while the righteous remain. He just told us that in the prior verse here. And now he fleshes it out somewhat for their further understanding. Verse 41, two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. During the judgment of nations, right before we go into the millennial reign of Christ, there will be people together. The tribulation is over. The judgment of nations is taking place. And two people shall be grinding in the field. The one that is taken is the one that goes into eternal punishment in the lake of fire. The one that is left is the righteous one that will go into the millennial reign of Christ. Here he gives another example to confirm the prior example, which was given to confirm the prior verse. Jesus knows exactly what he's talking about. He's got everything down in order the way it's supposed to take place. And verse 42, because of all this, watch therefore. For you know not what hour your Lord does come. Well, I know when he's coming. The Bible just told me. He's coming when you don't think he's coming. Amen. I find all this quite interesting, yet I also find it quite complex. If you study the book of Revelation, you understand that right before Jesus returns, there is some very strange stuff going on. There are huge wars. I think the phrase is regional conflicts. There's demonic manifestations. Remember, hell has been emptied out on the earth, and we've got these locust demons uh, torturing mankind. We've got death reigning supreme. We've probably lost at least at least 3 billion of the 6 billion people that are alive at the time. We've got waters that are turning to blood. We've got comets. We've got meteors. We've got shifts in the earth. We've got the sun darkened, perhaps even a nuclear war or two. This is a terrible place. Don't forget, this is an earth. This is a world where the Holy Spirit is not here like he is today. This is a world without the prayers of the church. This is a world under the complete control of the Antichrist who's under the control of Satan. And he is wiping out billions of lives. He is wiping out the earth, the greenery, the trees are shut, the rivers are turning to blood. It is into this maelstrom of evil that Christ comes, he sets one foot down on the Mount of Olives, the other one on the Mount of Olives, the mountain is split in half, left and right. And that's the power of the Christ just setting foot back on his earth that has been stolen and filled with demons by the enemy of righteousness, Satan himself. So what I'm trying to say is one wonders, how can this be happening? And how could one not expect Jesus to come back? Now, don't forget, people are still being won to Christ in the tribulation period. You've got all those who missed the rapture who thought they were Christians. They're ministering. That Believe me, if anybody, anybody is aware of the truth of the Messiah's return, it is the people of God that missed it. And these people are repenting and they are letting others know, hey, Christ is real. He is coming and he is judging and you must repent of your sin. Who else is here preaching the gospel? Well, you've also got the 144,000 Jews. They're ministering to the Jews. They are telling them that Jesus is your Messiah. We've got the biggest, what's the word, revival. We've got the biggest ingathering that's ever taken place on the earth 
coming at this time. It's an awesome time. But the danger is Satan is in power. People's lives are being forfeited for their faith. Their heads are being lopped off. We've got famines. We've got plagues going on, all this. You know, the reason there's a scripture, and I read it, and it was about, okay, right, that except that the days would be shortened, right, all mankind would be destroyed. The reason the days were shortened was because God didn't want mankind to become extinct because that's what happens in a demonic environment. Death reigns. And so you've got to be careful about this. This is the scenario. This is the environment on the earth that Christ returns to. This is the scenario I am trying to rescue you from. I am trying to save you from it by telling you what it looks like, by telling you there is an out. You can avoid it. His name is Jesus Christ. He died for your sins. He went to hell. He took your penalty. He is risen. Hallelujah. He sits on the right hand of the Father. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You just need to repent of your sin. You are a sinner. I don't care what anybody's told you. You are a sinner. Remember Jesus. He doesn't make bad people good. He brings life to those people who are dead because of their sin. I pray that you listen to these words and you act upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com